Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with jazz bassist and composer Steve Husted. We got into his new 2023 CD called Standards and Then Some. It is his third release as a band leader and is a return to his acoustic, straight-ahead jazz roots. After years of electric and jazz fusion playing and composing, he is once again playing his upright bass and showing his breadth of understanding of the history of jazz while catapulting the music forward with his own compositions. He began his musical journey at the age of six. From there, he always has been involved in everything musical from school band to private instruction to playing local parties for friends he's got a great story enjoy this interview steve it's great to meet you thank you for taking a minute out for neon jazz today thanks for having me man yeah my pleasure so before we get into standards and then some you know the whole covid thing really ravaged the the jazz community for the last three years how did you survive it and how has it changed you now that we're kind of in this post-pandemic era? Well, um, I basically survived um, <clears throat> uh, two ways. Luckily, <clears throat> first and foremost, I'd been teaching a, a bit via Zoom. And obviously, we switched over to Zoom and did all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that kind of helped out. That And um, my wife is a, a PhD student at University of Texas here. So uh, being that she's under contract, that kind of saved our our financial thing. But other than that, if it weren't for that, man, yeah, God knows what would have happened. <laughs> I know a lot of people weren't as lucky. Um, and uh, as far as moving forward, you know, I mean, I, I actually, you know, within the first couple of weeks, man, like four or five people I knew died from it. So, like, uh, it's kind of been a long time for me coming back, you know, mentally trying to get over that. Um, a, lot, a lot of people I know were deeply affected by it. But, um, you know, it is what it is, man. You know, you got you to gotta keep moving right at some point uh yeah. but thankfully it looks like uh the science and everything is is catching up and things are getting better uh so there you go that's that's all we can hope for so how good does it feel to have an album out now live shows are picking up what does this mean for you uh well it, it's this whole thing uh is kind of a, a return uh, uh like a full circle thing for me um you know, in my 20s uh, i i uh discovered the upright bass, um, more than electric bass. And I, I went through this big transformation and really hardcore straight ahead jazz. And then I kind of wandered away from that into like a, more of a, an electric fusion thing for a lot of years. And here I am now coming back full circle, <laughs> <laughs> uh, after, after all this, uh, the last few years of all these crazy hardship things and, uh, um, kind of coming back to, to where the, for me, my professional musician, uh, journey started, uh, so it feels really good uh, that and to be able to do it with a, a really old friend like Dana Stevens, uh, who I've known for a really, really long time and uh, lucky enough to have these great musicians down here that I met in Austin in uh, Damien and Israel. It feels fantastic, man. You know, I'm just really glad <laughs> to have made it through everything and, and to be in this position, to be honest. One of my favorite people on this planet is actually the engineer for my show. And he has a show called The Neon Beat. It's the American Songbook. You know, and he always tells me that the backbone of his show is he's always coming back home. And it reminds me of what you're talking about, coming back full circle to where it all began. I think there's something that's profound in a metaphoric way for us as creators is that we all find a way back to the root. I agree 100 percent. And that's a that's a, a much more eloquent way of putting what I just said. <laughs> Well, I just wanted to, I, I wanted to throw that in because he always, every time I talk to him about 
what a big influence he's been on me. And he was one of the reasons why I began this jazz show. He always just says, you know, I'm just coming back home, coming back home to that music that I loved when I was a kid, giving it to the yep. people that want it because it's not on the airwaves. So there's a lot that goes into that. So with that said, talk to me a little bit about how you put this album together and what this album specifically means. Okay. Well, um, the whole thing started out, um, I guess, uh, the beginning of last summer, I, uh, kind of had this idea, like I said, coming back, uh, after a lot of years and focusing more in on, on playing upright bass and acoustic music, as opposed to, uh, more of the electric and, and fusion stuff. I, I, um, and being that I lived in New York for a long time, uh, I, I, I kind of was thinking like how, how to go about this. And I reached out to Dana, uh, who, like I said, I've known for gosh, 25 years. Um, and so I reached out to him and he, he sort of expressed some interest. And initially I was going to go up to New York and record up there and, uh, use some, some people up there that we knew and, and this and that. And for whatever reason, things happened and I wasn't able to go. And so I kind of put it on the shelf. <clears throat> and then the beginning of this year, you know, the bug hit me again, uh, so to speak, to get this done. So I reached out to Dana again and I said, hey, man, you know, I'm thinking about doing this record again. What do you think? And he said, well, you know, I think I'm still interested in doing it. And I think I'm going to be in Austin in June. And I said, well, that certainly changes everything. So uh, being that he was in town <clears throat> on tour with his group, uh, I was able to I already kind of had been working a little bit with Damien in Israel on trying to get something going. Uh, to do a recording here. I mentioned it to them. Everybody seemed into it. Everything just sort of lined up. There we go. And it all started with the idea <clears throat> for me of wanting to have um, a straight ahead jazz album, as opposed to the first two that I put out that were definitely more like sort of in between just electric jazz and fusion. I don't want to like fusion sort of has a connotation of a specific style. They weren't really quite that, but, but, you know, this was sort of a representation of like, I just want to put out a jazz record. The idea for standards and then some is literally exactly what it said. I'll do some standards and a few of my tunes and, <laughs> and it just kind of gelled from there, man. You know, yeah, uh, we were able to happen. Uh, Dana got into town on a Tuesday. We had one rehearsal on a Wednesday, Thursday, we recorded <laughs> two weeks later, the album was mixed and mastered <laughs> like a, kind of a whirlwind thing but uh it sometimes that's the best way to do it you know so what are you hoping the listener gets from this album you know i i, I hope that they they get a sense of uh my love for the music and, and the love of what i do and uh my love of, of, of uh it's, it's sort of my my expression of love really that uh for lack of a better way of putting it um you know i i with everything that's been going on I, I, I want people to feel good. You know, I, I don't want them to worry. I don't want them to, I don't want to evoke some, uh, you know, deep social consciousness with this record. Um, not that that's not important. It is. Um, but I, I wanted to more offer an escape, you know, a way for people to just kind of listen to music and go, ah. cause I know that's what I do when I listen to like really good jazz, you know, um, I've been listening. I just saw Ray, uh, Ron Carter uh, with his Golden Striker trio here in Austin. And that's exactly how I felt the whole night. It was just ah, yeah. like this huge relief of everything. All the all the burdens that you feel day to day just were gone 
for those few hours. And that's really my biggest hope that people would get out of this is just to kind of kick back and, and feel good for the whatever, 45 minutes, I think that's how long about the record is. So, you know. So how did this journey into the jazz begin for you? Where were you born and raised and how did it start? Well, I was born at uh, Yale New Haven Hospital in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, and uh, I came about it kind of uh, differently, I think, than, well, maybe, I don't know. Being that I was born in the set in 1970, maybe a lot of people my age came about it this way, but I came about it through through fusion. Uh, the first jazz that I really heard was Heavy Weather by Weather Report <laughs> when I was like, uh, uh, um, I guess I was sort of, uh, I guess it was seventh grade or something like that. Before that, I was really into like all the typical 70s and 80s rock stuff, you know, Led Zeppelin, uh, all that, uh, uh, the Beatles were huge, Wings, all that stuff. I was into all that. And then I heard uh, Jocko and, and 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 Weather Report, and it kind of sideways in from there. Uh, uh, but even from then, even all through high school, I still wasn't really playing upright bass, and I wasn't really, really thinking about playing, like, straight-ahead jazz. That kind of happened uh, in my 20s, uh, or in my late teens, I guess, when I decided I wanted to go to college. And uh, um, at this point... Uh, uh, I, I failed to mention in 1986, I moved from Connecticut to San Francisco with my father. Uh, and that's really where I really started getting into jazz was in San Francisco. Uh, Cause there was a much wider scene for it than in my small little town in Connecticut. <laughs> from there, I, I got into the acoustic thing when I realized that like there was much more opportunity to go to college playing acoustic bass and playing jazz that way than than the kind of stuff I was used to listening to and it just kind of snowballed from there you know once I got a hold of an upright bass it was just like oh hey <laughs> you know yeah so what was the first live show you saw that blew you away I guess the very first the very first like jazz and again this is more of a fusion thing was I saw the yellow jackets at the Stern Grove Jazz Festival in San Francisco this little tiny it's sort of like a little park off of 19th Avenue called Stern Grove and they have this festival there. I think it's still going on. It's been going on forever. But I remember at in, in the eighties it was free. And, you know, that was great for a high school kid. And I went in and I saw I saw Jimmy Haslip and Bob Mincer and those guys. And I was like, wow. <laughs> I'd never heard or seen anyone play like that live. I'd I'd heard some records, but I was like, wow, they're I thought, you know, like a lot of people did back in the 80s. Oh, that's sequenced or, you know, we were starting to get into the studio tricks back then. But uh, uh, that was really the first first band I really, really saw that totally blew me away. And then um, from there, I, I, I guess um, I, I started seeking out more jazz. And then the next one I would have to say would be actually be uh, Wynton Marsalis. And it was a, a sort of a clinic slash performance that he did at Stanford University. Um, in the in the late eighties, early nineties, I was some late teens, early twenties for me. You know, I'm I'm dating myself, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that and then that from there, it was just kind of it was over. Then I, you know, it was all about John Coltrane and <laughs> yeah, and Mavis and all that all that stuff. You know, so so as somebody that's been at this for quite a while, what's been your favorite part of being a professional musician? I hate to sound like a broken record, but that, that idea of like kind of feeling like I'm, I'm part of the solution and not a problem, like making people feel good, uh, not feeling like no matter what we all think about life in general, we can all come together at a gig 
and just enjoy some music, you know, and not and not worry about all the the crazy stuff. I mean, you have to worry about it, obviously, but, um, you know, at least for a little while, we can kind of put that on the shelf and just enjoy ourselves and, and be, be, <laughs> just be, you know, that that's my favorite part that and, and I don't have to get up really early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that always helps for sure. So why do you love jazz? I, um, that's a, uh, an interesting question. And, and I, I, uh, I'm glad you asked it because like so many people just sort of think uh, they have preconceived notions. I really love jazz because I feel like personally it's freeing as a musician. Um, and it's not freeing just because like, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you just wiggle your fingers and this and that. It's freeing in in the amount of discipline and knowledge and work that it takes to get there. Um, I find that very liberating. Um, and then to be able to just have that at my fingertips to express in a nonverbal way, whatever I'm feeling at the moment. Uh, I, I just, that's like, I get kind of goosebumps when I think about just being able to do it, let alone actually doing it, you know? So. Yeah. So let me ask you this of all of the potential shows that you could see in the history of jazz, if you could get into a time machine, where are you going to go? Who would you love to see live? Uh, if I could see any, anything, uh, wow, that's, that's tough, man. It's tough to narrow it down to just one. Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind, I would try to go back and see the gigs that they recorded for that Monk and Coltrane live at the five spot and actually be in the room for that. Um, cause the recording itself is not very good, but the playing is so monstrous. That would be, uh, I would love to see that. You know, that's that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Then I, I would actually really also like to go back and be able to see uh, uh, the first the, the two, both of Miles's great quintets in their yeah. prime. You know, the, the kind of blue one and the and the 60s, you know, with Ron and, and, and Wayne and everybody. I'd like to see them when they were all like really young and, and just on fire. You know, um, I think the, the, those those would that would be my my two. Well, I guess three really. uh top ones right yeah, off I'll, that i'll join you on that trip for sure um so let me ask you this everyone out there has a perception of you family friends fans but ultimately you're the one in control what's your perception of you who do you think you are <laughs> honestly man i think i'm just a big band geek <laughs> <laughs> i'm just i'm just a, a nerd you know i i have like a lot of dad jokes <laughs> um I, I i i i used to think i was cool and then i realized that that realizing you're not cool is what's cool. Um, and <laughs> you know, and I, I just, um, that's what I think of myself. I'm, I'm just sort of like this, uh, awkward kind of person who, who really likes playing music and, and, and hanging out and, and, and laughing. And, uh, that's my perception of me. I, I, I think other people, uh, Gosh, I don't even know. I don't even want to pretend to know what they think of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, this has been wonderful, man. Before we get out of the door here, let everybody know where the best place to pick up standards and then some find out about live shows. Anything about your world? Okay, well, um, the album, it's going to be a digital-only release uh, just because I uh, i don't really know anyone who has a CD player anymore, even. Um, 
So we decided to go with that. It's going to be available on uh, Amazon and iTunes uh, for download. As far as I know, maybe a few others. Uh, I'd have to check with uh, the distribution. Um, and then as far as that for streaming, it's going to be on all the major, all the, all the platforms that, that you could possibly think of. Uh, Spotify, uh, Tidal. That's, that's where it's going to be. Um, you can always check my website, stephenhustead.com, uh, for, for any uh, updates on my live show. My calendar is up there. Uh, you can always follow me on Facebook or Instagram or uh, the, the new one there, Threads. Uh, you know, I try to keep up with the social media and stuff as best I can. And, uh, yeah, you know, and uh, I want to thank you uh, for, you know, I've been uh, checking you guys out for a while. And uh, I thank you for doing what you do and oh, helping yeah. to keep this music alive and stuff. We need all the help we can get. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Steve for his time, energy, and cool. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.